Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it she's back dinner party from hell miss allison dubois hi thank you for having me back to talk about this not so fascinating dinner party i love how you text me last night and you're like or two nights ago and you're like i was bored it was so boring i actually had high expectations after the first one Cause they just gave you a little bit and you're like, ah, it's really going to hit the fan for the second part. And then it just didn't, it was monotonous and predictable and boring. There were moments I found humorous, by the way, can I just say before we start, I, so there is this, I think it's a webpage, this webpage, your Bish therapist And I guess they posted on their story, they were posting like, this is our, because now they're like armchair therapists. They were like, this is our theory for why, you know, Kyle and Mauricio are separating. And basically they went through like, you know, she lost her friend Lorraine and they were like, you know, we think maybe like when you lose someone, of course, that's, you know, a life altering event. Sure. And basically they were like, you know, when she went to Mauricio and, you know, she needed support and he wasn't necessarily there for her. And Kyle then, I think they tagged Kyle. Kyle was sharing these on her story. Now, presumably, if you're going to share something on your story, you agree with it. You you are buying into this theory. Otherwise, you would never do that if it was a troll. So she was sharing these on her story. 
And she was like putting her stamp of approval on this, this bitch therapist podcast, which was basically saying that, you know, Mauricio was not emotionally there for Kyle in her moment of need. Now, I hate to be a lawyer here at the top of the show, but <laughs> didn't, are they, are they, are, are, are they saying that Mauricio does not emotionally fulfill Kyle? And is she agreeing with this and putting this on her story? And have we heard this anywhere before people? <laughs> I'm just asking. We, I think we have heard that before. Um, I think that Kyle didn't think of that as an out and they gave her an out for her behavior. So I'm sure that losing her friend, which I didn't know she had one, I mean, a real one. So when you do lose somebody that is close to you, 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 I will say in my experience with all of the people that I've counseled over the years, when somebody's grieving, they don't tend to lash out at everyone around them for minute things that aren't really any of their business. But she did a lot of lashing out at people the night of the dinner party. And so the armchair psychiatrists that are, you know, giving her some sort of a diagnosis and, and an out really for being who she just really is. Um, I think she posted it because she hadn't thought of it and they were more articulate than she is. So um, I do think that it's true that Maurizio didn't emotionally support her in times that she probably needed the support. And that was why the marriage ultimately uh, failed. But I, I mean, I don't know both sides. I don't know if she was there for him when things went down on his side either. I mean, he had to have been through his own losses or difficulties in life. And was she there for him? So I don't know because I'm not in that relationship, but you know, people will speculate. I just was like, on one hand, she's saying that you weren't right, you know, when she's on Watch What Happens and you were reading Camille, which we already addressed. And here she is posting this. I'm like, I think you're kind of admitting that Allison was right here without realizing what you're doing. And yeah, I don't know. Pick a she'll lane, never, she'll, she'll never come out and, and admit that, which it's it's strange because it's obvious. And, and there's nothing wrong with saying that I'm right, unless her ego's really the only thing fueling her uh, irritation towards me is that I called her out on something that I was right about, and it's why she reacted in such a an explosive and an angry way and continues to do so. And that's part of her problem. She doesn't really work through things that bother her. She seems to... Um, bottle the whole Allison dinner party from hell scene up inside. And then when somebody asks her about it, she sort of explodes all over the place about how it was wrong and um, how wrong I was and how happy they are. And that's all I heard for 13 years. Um, knowing that that's not the truth, but the truth will ultimately always come out, which it did. I agree. I'm the opposite. I love when my ego is bruised and wrong. I, I love admitting when I'm wrong, but right. it doesn't yeah, happen if, if often, but I'm, I'm thrilled when I'm wrong. I'm like, it's exhausting knowing a lot of yes. things. And if I'm wrong, I'll say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm sorry. That was on me. Um, my kids know that I'm the first to say, I'm sorry if it was my fault or if I felt um, like I was saying something that wasn't true for sure. 
But, you know, with Kyle, when the dinner party went down, a lot of people were just like, well, just apologize. And I, I, I've said for 13 years, I won't apologize for that. She asked for the reading. I told her what impressions I was pulling off of her and what I got. That was what stood out the most on her energy wise. And I'm, I'm not sorry. She asked me to read her. So the fact that she had a bad reaction to it, that's, I can't help how other people will react, you know? What did you, so what, what stood out for you with this dinner party, besides the fact that you were underwhelmed? And I think a lot of people were based on my DMs, but you tell me what stood out for you. Where would you like to begin? (laughs) Excuse me, where to begin? So first of all, I thought when people um, had THC or, or weed, they called it Kyle's weed, weed dinner. So that's not me saying it. That's bravo. I thought they laughed a lot and were funny and lighthearted, but I didn't see any of that. So I wasn't sure it was actually put in the dinner because Kyle was still focused on the show and getting storylines and attacking people. So I didn't see that happy weed glow, (laughs) Kyle. (laughs) What about Erica? Erica seems a little lighthearted. Um, because I don't watch the show. I mean, I can only base what I saw about Erica on these very few episodes that I've been watching with you. Um, she, you know, Denise was so distracting in the whole episode. It was hard to watch anybody else. So I wasn't really paying attention to Erica because Denise's mouth looked like a water slide, you know, like it just, how did she even do that with her lips? I was I was confounded by that just watching the episode. Didn't you find her face a little distorted? I mean, she had a lot of facial expressions. The memes are going there. People are starting to say like, you know, I just want for New Year's to be on the high that Denise was on. I mean, <laughs> I wonder like, does Denise regret this re-entrance into this show? Um, I think she should regret it. Uh, She seems to need a little bit of help, little assistance with whatever's going on with her. She didn't seem quite right. She didn't seem quite right. I mean, I was going to say, you know, well, you don't watch the show, so I don't know if you had any preconceived notions, but when Denise was saying to Erica, first of all, I love when they break a fourth wall. So I love when she was like, you watch the show, you know what you did, you know what you did. I really thought they were talking about Lisa Rinna the whole time because, you know, Denise was really good friends with Lisa and Lisa kind of threw her under the bus and Erica and Lisa. I thought that whole thing was about Rinna, but it turns out it was from, yes, this dinner party at Denise's from years ago where Erica was talking about sex and threesomes and she was loud and the kids heard. Mm-hmm. I just love when they break the fourth wall. But then later at the end, They kind of did it again where like Dorit was like, I think your coat's upside down. And when Denise was saying like, (laughs) right, that was funny. funny. (laughs) And when she was saying like, don't do this, don't do this. I think that was her way of saying like, I get what you're doing. You're going to make me the drunk of this party. That's how it's going to be edited. Because she kept saying, don't do this. I I took that to mean like, don't do this on air. I know what you're doing. How could she not know that was what they were going to do to her? That's the whole pattern of the show is to have a guest on or introduce somebody for 
a couple or three episodes to um, go after because Kyle doesn't want to be the one that's thrown under the bus because she's just such an Olympic gold medalist at throwing other people under the bus that I think when somebody turns the tables on her, she gets very mercurial in her reaction to them. And I think when Sutton made the comment, you already lost two sisters. Do you want to lose a third? That's why she went off so hard because it hits close to home. And there really are problems there as much as they try and make it look like they're good. They're not. And that sort of worried me. I can't tell when Kyle's trying to act or when she's being sincere because her sincerity is kind of weak. So it's hard to tell. So when they brought Kim on later in the episode, I, I did, I think Kim really genuinely wanted to be there and have that connection with Kyle. And, and I, and Kyle was acting like she was happy to see her, but she has the opportunity to see her anytime the cameras are off and it doesn't seem like she's making an attempt to be close to them unless the cameras are rolling. So I really question the sincerity. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. I've been telling you guys for months about how great the Moisture Rich Balm from Oak Essentials is for my face. The reason why my face looks so glowing and hydrated and dewy, it's because of Oak Essentials Moisture Rich Balm. Well, now I need to tell you about Oak Essentials Body Routine. Their body routine is my go-to for glowing results from the neck down. The body products are so luxurious from Oak Essentials, but I'm particularly in love with a luminous body lotion. It's so soothing and hydrating, but still incredibly lightweight. And just like the Moisture Rich Balm from my face, the new Moisture Rich Body Balm, oh my God. It has that same intensive moisture. Ooh. This holiday season, get yourself or someone you love Oak Essentials. It's my go-to skincare brand for radiant and glowing skin. My followers get 15% off their first order when they use code VELVET at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com, promo code VELVET. Whether you're starting from scratch or filling in the gaps, Oak Essentials gives you one less thing to worry about. Treat yourself because you deserve it. 
I have no time for anything this month. It's the holidays, and it's one of the reasons why now more than ever I have turned to HelloFresh. HelloFresh has let me skip the grocery store, and it saved me time with these tasty recipes that are delivered right to my front door. I love that HelloFresh has so many options you can choose from. You can do pescatarian, fit and wholesome, quick and easy. They have deliveries that are family-friendly, veggie. The options are endless. I made the most amazing sweet potato fajitas last night. All of this was delivered. The sweet potatoes, the jalapenos, the lime, even the sour cream and cilantro. You can save money this month. That's right, cheaper than takeout. And with pre-proportioned ingredients, you'll never waste money on excess food. And they have recipes for all three meals of the day. Listen, go to hellofresh.com slash velvetropefree and use code velvetropefree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Velvet Rope Free with code Velvet Rope Free. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Right. And Kim did an interview recently where she said, you know, I reached out to her and, you know, was kind of there for her when her friend passed away and this and that, which talked about Mauricio. She's like, I know I haven't heard back from her. I've, I've tried. Right. And and I believe her because Kim doesn't come across as somebody who sugarcoats things. She just speaks how she's feeling. And I just think it's unfortunate that Kyle started this sort of branch of the series to to get where she is now. And in the meantime, the really important thing in life are it's your relationships and she's losing all of them. I mean, I don't know how she's going to heal that later when the cameras aren't rolling. I don't know what she'll do. So that that's a problem child stars have when the cameras go away. It's all they know and they spiral. And I think Kyle's very much going to be the same way. It doesn't matter how much money she has if she doesn't have the adoration or a sense of importance. So I did think Erica was kissing Kyle's ass the whole time. I mean... It came, she came across that way to me anyways. I don't know how you saw it, but I just, it seemed like she was trying to have her back and support her and, and which you would say a friend would do. But again, I I question the friendships here. I thought nobody was kissing Kyle's ass more than Anne Marie Wiley, the new girl. Okay, She did. I mean, it's true. I, I also thought Erica was, and their only point in doing that is to stay in her good graces so she doesn't cut him off the show. I mean, that's that's it because Erica's got a brand, but she's got to have this weekly infomercial to keep her relevant in having shows. So I get that, and I'm not knocking it. It's just an observation. But with Anne Marie, it's very much the same way. So the people that are nice to Kyle are nice to Kyle to, because they know that she'll ax them if if they cross her. Th- that's what she did with Camille, because Camille was part of that whole Maurizio in the beginning um, instance that we had. And, and so she leaves a bad taste in Kyle's mouth, yet she needed Camille at that dinner party to make that dinner party sort of important and tie it into the original dinner party from hell. Um and the same with Faye. I mean, who cares about Faye? I see why she and Kyle are friends, though. They're definitely both the same kind of person. They seem very vacant 
and um, there for the cameras and the money. So I get their friendship, but I didn't care that she was there. And then when she had them move her because she didn't want to sit across from Camille, it's like, really? But it is what it is. Pettiness. Pettiness. At least Faye to me, like, you know, like, you know, they're real friends in real life. So like, at least when she speaks off and has Kyle's back, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that is your friend. And Marie, right. It's like, you've been there for a minute you just are saying to yourself, how is my, my, how am I going to stay here? You know, that the person to kiss ass is Kyle. It's came across right. so unjust. Like I know they're neighbors and it's the one person she knows. Well, you're there. You're, you can get to know anyone you want. I mean, I know it's only the first dinner, but I just took that as so inauthentic of like, of course you're going to have Kyle's back. Cause you think she's like in the number one seat on the show. Well, she is because whoever appro- would approach Bravo for a, a branch of the show automatically holds the power. I mean, look at each of this, uh, the, of the branches. They all have a main person that's always there. That's the reason. At least that's my understanding. Yes. Yes. And yes. Do you think Sutton was in a, like, did she go too low to bring up the sisters? Was that like too low a, a blow? So here's the thing about the housewives. That's hard to understand. You're supposed to take the attacks and the assaults, but you're not supposed to dish it back. So I didn't find it a low blow. I thought it was actually very, um, yes, set out of anger, but how she was really feeling. And it's nice to have somebody on the show that you actually believe them when they open their mouth, (laughs) you know, that they're, they're really expressing how they're feeling. It came across as genuine, unlike you know, 90% of what's said on the show. You're a Sutton fan, Allison. (laughs) I appreciate people who are honest. I also appreciate people who will stand their ground in those situations and not be a doormat for somebody who just gets their rocks off, tearing people apart. It makes them feel better about themselves and build themselves up at the expense of other people. So yeah, I find her kind of refreshing. Um, and then I I just wanted to mention this because I made this note. Kyle's stripper shoes. Those were sad. Did you see her stripper shoes? I her did not. Platforms. I guess I pay too much attention, but it's funny because that used to be a stain on a woman. Like if you wore the stripper shoes, you were like a lower class person. And now it's just so mainstream. It's hard to get used to, but she had her stripper shoes on. She's going through her stripper era her midlife crisis and and uh and everybody knows it it's just weird to watch it unfold on reality television i don't know if kyle knows it she everybody has said it to her including her quote-unquote friend girlfriend um storyline whatever she wants to consider uh morgan to be said that even the viewers, you know, the people that were watching it and commenting on Morgan's social media, they saw it. So everybody sees it, but Kyle, but that's, I guess, like me seeing that the relationship was, you know, not going to emotionally fulfill her and she didn't see it. So I think she doesn't see things she doesn't want to see. She just ignores it. She doesn't see things she doesn't want to see. And the thing about Sutton, I mean, is that she, I think she's needed on the show because she, well, she gets, she just recently made this, she made it clear. She gets 300,000 a month 
tax-free of alimony from her ex. So Sutton has real money. So that is to me, like she doesn't, you know, like, look, you have the fame. If she were never on the show again, she's still Sutton now. Right. Yes. It helps to be there. But I really think that does psychologically, you just are there. You're like, I mean, what, you're going to take my, you know, $300,000 paycheck for the year. I make that in a month. Like don't do many favors. It's right. Well, and I, Kyle has a problem. It seems with women who have money. And I saw that with Camille in that first season um, when I was sitting at the table and even Camille telling me about how there was this woman on this reality show that all she does is attack Camille. That was the first time I ever heard about Kyle. And I had talked to, to Kelsey about it as well. And he sort of reiterated, yeah, you know, Camille doesn't know how to push back and maybe she got better at that as time went on, but she doesn't know how to push back. So, you know, will you go with her? Will you be her friend? Um, and I was just thinking, why is she on this show? If that's how she's treated on the show in the first place that I didn't understand, but I, you know, was good friends with them. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll go with you to this girl's night. And if somebody gets out of hand, I'll have your back. And that's what I did. So I let her and Faye go at it when it came to the penthouse showdown of whose was a, you know, um, sort of a lingerie piece and who was trashier and they were going back and forth was kind of fascinating to watch. I enjoyed that. (laughs) Camille to me, I mean, of course, we don't know how it's edited and but I mean, I think she's like a deer in headlights of like, wait, this isn't 13 seasons ago. Like things have changed. I know she's been here in little droves throughout the event. She didn't get one damn word in edgewise. I thought they missed some opportunities there. The producers, I think they, you know, they'd get a little piece of red meat and they'd focus on that and try and drag it out when there were other people at the table that there should have been interaction. There were too many people at the table. It was sort of white noise trying to keep up with who's that person. I've never seen that person. Oh, that's just a friend that she brought. Um, It it was too much. I just, I found it, um, uh, it looked more like um, a spectator sport, like a bunch of people watching a tennis match (laughs) where the ball was just getting lobbed back and forth. And so I don't know about you. I thought there were a lot of storylines that they could have made more episodes from. And I mean, they did four hours with me. Why not do four hours there and actually address Camille and Kyle and the issues they had and Faye and those issues rather than just focusing on um, Denise looking sort of messy I I don't know how Denise could have gone on that show, though, especially not sober and thought in any way that they were ever going to paint her in a good light. So I that I don't understand. But again, I don't think she's in a good place, Denise. And with everything going on in her life, having been with Charlie Sheen and had kids with him, I mean, he wasn't in the best place either. I mean, he was a little, you know, in the stratosphere himself. Um, so who knows how the kids are now as they get get older. <clears throat> Did they have two girls? I don't remember. 
to there's one well her oldest daughter sammy is on OnlyFans, and her and charlie both had issues she was supportive before charlie was apparently now charlie's supportive because she bought a mercedes and a house with her OnlyFans money so charlie is on board now that is from denise's mouth as she's done an interview and said that so as you say this is how it is in hollywood and this is why you moved your daughters and wanted to raise your family outside of beverly hills in hollywood exactly right i mean what a thing to teach your kid it's okay to do something that sort of is demeaning to yourself and i mean it's her body she can do what she wants but she's pretty young to be making that kind of decision and the fact that she can afford a mercedes and a house I mean, yes, good for her, but let's talk about your path and where you see yourself in 20 years would be a good conversation. I had a date yesterday and I was looking really cute. I had on jeans and like a tight fitting t-shirt and I had on my Soho sneaker Vessies. Of course I dress for fashion and to look good, but you know what? My outfit came in really practical because it started to rain right after the date ended. My Vessies were the lifesaver of the outfit. Vessies are 100% waterproof shoes. I've tried other shoes and sneakers that claim to be waterproof only to get home to feet that are soaking wet. Vessies actually work. I used to wear those clunky rain boots. Oh, they were so unstuck. Stylish. Now I wear Vessies because not only do they keep my feet completely waterproof and dry, they're so comfortable and they're stylish. Perfect for a first date. Look, the date didn't go well, but at least my feet were fully dry. But don't take my word for it. Get a pair for yourself. Head to Vessi.com slash velvet and get a pair yourself today. Just go to Vessi.com slash velvet and get 15% off your first order. That's right. V-E-S-S-I.com slash velvet for 15% off your first order. Unwrap the first of many presents this season with holidays on the house from DraftKings Casino. Cozy up with all the classics like slots, blackjack, and roulette, and play exclusive games you'll only find at DraftKings Casino. Download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code VELVETROPE and play $5 to get $100 in casino credits. That's promo code VELVETROPE only at DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly, 21 and over. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. One per opted in new customer, $5 wager required, max $100 in casino credit awarded, which requires one-time playthrough within seven days. Terms at casino.draftkings.com slash holidays on the house. Restrictions apply. And also it's, you know, here we go again. Like what is the, just with any influencer or anything online, like, okay, you had a good year. Let now it's January 1st. Is next year going to be as revenue driven like we don't i mean i wouldn't you know we don't do we need a house and a mercedes like let's what's the five-year plan if you made money great let's stretch it out and right. not spend it all in one moment invest it. <clears throat> yeah investing it would be good but again this is charlie sheen and he's hollywood royalty so you know i would i wouldn't think that the the daughter and the granddaughter of martin sheen would be hurting for money to where it's not like 
she's just off the street from, you know, a lower income area trying to make it. This is somebody who comes from money. So why didn't they just loan her one of their houses or buy her own Mercedes? I don't think Charlie, and it's such a karmic, beautiful, (laughs) pointed picture that his daughter grew up to do that because he was a lover of hookers forever. And the fact that his daughter grew up to sort of go into that adult entertainment genre is not a surprise that that happened. And it does force him to look in the mirror of how he saw all the women that he paid for over the years. So um, I love Charlie Sheen, but you know, it it's different when you have kids, you know, the universe sometimes gives us a mirror that comes as a child for us to really look at our own self and question our own choices. So um, I think he really had no choice, but to relent and in order to be in her life. Yes. Yes. Cause I mean, and also I think what Denise is, look, I think she had this horrible experience the first time around because you know, this real her Lisa Rinna was her very good friend and she yeah. threw her under the bus. So look, I think she probably pre-gamed at home. Like I get it. You were nervous. Okay, we've all, we've all pre-gamed, but that like, she was already at the world series when she got there. Come on, David. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was hard to miss. That wasn't like your friend walking in tipsy from a couple of glasses of wine. Um, She seemed she had gone left a long time ago. Like she went sideways. Yes. And to your point earlier, like, girl, you've already been down this road. Like, you know, they're not your friends. These producers, evolution, they're not whatever they're looking. So you go in there buttoned up, you smile, you look to your left, you look to your right, you look down at your phone to make sure the check cleared and just say as little (laughs) as possible. Like, you know, whatever you do and say is going to be used against you. Like at least Camille. Now, Camille too, I do think it's a missed opportunity because Camille is like, and I'm not saying she's getting her 300 thousand a month but camille when she opens her mouth she don't care either she has some real dingers and she'll stand right up she to looked Kyle great. Or, and she yeah. looked great when she walked in it's like okay good for you you know she she had it together and the thing that was funny i i kept watching camille's face uh with denise in the car next to her and denise bless her was already blurred and i'm looking at Camille's face and she just had that little smirk on her face like she was amused but also maybe relieved it wasn't going to be herself that was the target this time that's the thing that's so terrible about the show you go on an episode and you have to now wonder am I the one they're going to come for or did producers say to Camille let's let so-and-so work out their problems so you know just hold your tongue and and we'll let you know if there's a time that you need to come in or you know um confront somebody and that's really what it is they they call it like talking it out but it's not really talking it out it's it's yelling it's fighting and there's anger and it, and Kyle came across bitter she's just so bitter and it's like she's mad at the circumstances of her life and and her marriage falling apart and if she was happy with Morgan, I don't think she'd be quite as bitter. So again, is that like a real thing? 
Because if you're happy in your relationship, you don't really care about the other one. <laughs> you're more focused on this new person that make that lifts you up and makes you feel happy. So it again, it's a, sort of a, an indicator that their relationship seems very disingenuous. I could see that. And, you know, to... I'm okay with that. Like if they say to, you know, Camille hold back or whatever, but then it's like, that's where it's so obvious that you're six seasons in, you have nothing this season. People are bored and you're like, wait a second. Remember that first dinner party? Oh wait, Camille. Okay, great. She's in, you know, this uh, granted Denise is almost like an afterthought. Cause she like, I almost understand why Camille and Faye are there. Cause they were trying to recreate this and everything. You're lucky you threw Denise in there. Cause she was the whole, but like, right. Yeah. It's, it's like, why not save Camille for five episodes from now? This was like too much. We're just trying to throw in there yeah. to get something out of this season. And so to me, it's like, if anyone thinks this is like real, it's so set up and fake. And it's yeah. like, that's where it's like, it would be different if Denise was best friends with Kyle and Camille right. talked to Erica every day. And there's, there's no connection. It's a producer no. said, here's the guest yeah. list. Look at the they call. Threw in a ringer. Yeah. They threw in a ringer because you know, Beverly Hills, Hollywood, all very small places, small towns. And you, the word on the street goes out. So if Denise was having problems and she was somebody that had been on the show before, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is how soulless the producers are. Oh, my gosh, let's get her on the show, you know, because she's going through something and that'll just make the episode so much better because we're not going to get that from the women on the show that are trying to mind their P's and Q's because, you know, they don't want to upset their families or you know, they see how bad it can be and they want to be a part of the show and capitalize on it, but they don't want to pay the price. So you see them do sort of that peripheral dance where they try and walk a line. So they had to get somebody who just was in a place to not think and maybe not care. So they would have they would have heard what's going on when there was something going on in Beverly Hills. You heard and it went through the grapevine real fast because There's not a lot of people there. It's a very small area and everybody's influential and has status and everybody knows everybody. And Charlie Sheen lived in Paris's neighborhood. They were neighbors because when I went over to Paris Hilton's house, my friend Perla took me to Charlie's house once. He wasn't home, but we knocked on his door because uh, they were having a Halloween party at Perla's, you know, so um, we were going to invite him over. But it's they live in a very small gated community, too. So that's its own bubble. It was fascinating. I couldn't stay there for the well-being of my children and my marriage because I wanted to stay married forever. And I was seeing that people didn't there. But um, you're never bored. They do have the best parties, not Kyle's, her suck. But real parties are fantastic. It was just hard to watch that episode, um, knowing what. Charlie and Denise had gone through and what Denise, she was one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood and she, she's a good actress. And I, I'm just sorry that she didn't go back into that and maybe help her daughters with acting careers or music careers, you know, rather than only fans. It's just, I don't know. It just, sometimes there's no parent in the house there. I know our daughter went to Beverly high And we'd take her to friends' houses and 
we're regular people. So we're used to meeting the parents, but there were never parents home. We met the maid that was at the house or their driver. And that's what it is. So the parenting can be kind of lacking there because the people that live there are so important. And so in the entertainment industry, most of them. And, and so it's very a, a skewed way of seeing things when you live in Beverly Hills, because everything's up for grabs. It's a big free for all. Um, it's a blast. Everybody, you know, throws their money around and, and God damn it. It was fun, but it's a place that'll destroy you. You know, maybe Denise needs to get a ranch in Montana. That'd probably be good for her. Uh, that would probably be good for her. It is very fun. I enjoy my LA residence because I yeah. dip in and I dip yeah. out. Right. But if I were there, like starting my career in the entertainment business in my 20s, mm-hmm. God only knows where I would be today. <laughs> on OnlyFans. <laughs> on OnlyFans only and God knows what else. So it's like a different... I do have a soft spot for Denise too. Like, I truly hope she's okay. And I told you, like, there was a dinner at the Bel Air Hotel with like Bethany and Nini. And like, I know a lot of people who went and there's this picture that went viral, like Jetty Garth from 902 was there. And Denise wasn't in this picture. I mean, who, who even knows Denise was there? I know people that were at that dinner that were like, oh, Denise Richards was here. And I was like, well, did she just not want to be in the picture? They're like, no, she was fall down. Like she... It, literally the way it was described to me was exactly how she was at this party. And this dinner was fairly recently, like probably in the past two months. And they're like, she hightailed out of there. No, I don't know. I got the impression she didn't get kicked out. She removed herself because she just was aware of the fact that she was so fucked up. She had, a, but same thing. They said she walked in, like fall down drunk. Uh, so makes- this is not like a made up story. I know right. people at this dinner that just took place and they were like and it was before this episode they're not even into beverly hills housewives like it's not right. foreshadowing they didn't even know she would be this way at the dinner they were just like oh by the way these are the people that were at the dinner and it was like well where was denise in the picture they're like she was so obliterated when she walked in she was there for like 20 minutes so then everybody knew in beverly hills for a while so like i said the producers probably heard word on the street and threw her in as a ringer these producers I'm just, man i'm they, I'm telling you, they are Satan. They're Satan. And my daughter is in film and she's a photographer and she does film editing and her own little projects and she's great. But I told her, I said, producers are soulless. If you become one of those soulless producers that does that to people, I said, you will not be able to look yourself in the mirror. And I don't think I'll be able to look you in the eye because that's, you know, not how you were raised. And she's and mom, I wouldn't definitely not going to be that person. I, I care about the talent that's, you know, on the project and you don't have to worry about that. And I needed that reassurance because I have dealt with those producers. I remember the day before filming, I called and I said, I don't think I want to do the show. And the producer was like, well, you know why? And I said, I don't know. I just have a really bad feeling about going on the show. And I don't, I'm not going to do it. And he said, look, we're not going to try to make you look bad or do anything like that. We just keep the camera rolling. You know, if, if something happens, that's, you know, on you because, you know, but we're not making that happen. It's like, okay, a, I didn't fully believe him. I just should have backed out. Cause that's what I was trying to do anyways. But 
they have a butler there filling your glass up every time you take a sip in these ginormous glasses. Aside from that, there was no car to get so I could get up from the table and just leave. I did witness when I was there, I used the restroom two hours into the dinner party halfway through and I came out and they're all in this like huddle, all the women and there, and the producer had talked to them, I'm sure while I was, you know, using the restroom and, um, they were just like sneering at me and formulating. And I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt. <laughs> like, okay, bring it on. So I just took my seat. I have been in more difficult situations than that dinner party. And it takes a hell of a lot more than a, a bevy of bitchy women to break me. So I just endured it. Do you think Sutton Strack has been a fan since season one and she's trying to steal your thunder? Because when she whipped out, when she whipped out <laughs> that joint, I'm like, is this girl, is this woman trying to make this the new e-cigarette? I'm just yeah. wondering, because that's where you my know, mind goes. The only way I can relate to her on that, and the reason I pulled out the vape um, when I was there, I my nerves were so shot from listening to women yell at each other and, and complain the whole time and just be bitchy to one another, because I normally would, my friends aren't like that. That was uncharted territory for me. Those aren't women I would ever... Um, sit down with for a dinner because I believe breaking bread is a very intimate experience with people. You only do that with people that you, you know, like. And so um, when all of that was was going on, I had to pull out the 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 vape and take a drag. I mean, I had quit smoking, you know, a couple months before, and the alcohol wasn't going to do it. I needed some nicotine because my nerves were just shot at that dinner. And I didn't care if they caught it on camera. I obviously wasn't trying to hide it. And I really didn't give a shit what the women thought of me. So I was just trying to be in my own space and have a good time. I'm like, if I've got to be stuck here, I'm going to drink their booze. I'm going to kick back and I'm just going to just let them do what they do. And then they turn on me again uh, because I became such a focal point Although you can see how important I am to Kyle. I mean, she's brought me up for 13 years. She also, um, and this is why Camille and I was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. She vaped on social media. She was with Kyle and some of the women in Vegas and there was a vape stand. And so they were all like mocking me. And I'm just thinking, really? Cause they're always pointing at each other and saying, what is this junior high? What is this high school? Like everyone else is immature and they're the immature ones. It, it's amazing. And so I called her and I was just like, Camille, why would you do that? And she's like, Allison, it's just a job. And I'm like, it's your job. Then you're not my friend because you wouldn't do that to me. So that ended the friendship. She's like, it's, it's just a job. I'm like, it's just a job to insult and mock your friend. Well, you earn that paycheck. It cost her that relationship with me, which was probably worth it to her. So it's fine. <laughs> but my point being that it bothered Kyle so much. It's not that I was vaping. It's that I am the person 
who saw the holes in her relationship. And I said it publicly. That's what it comes down to. Right. And she knew there were holes at that time and just it it hit home. And yeah. 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 Uh, Go ahead. And what I was going to say, like when Camille says it's just a job, that's the thing. That is the job description. And that is like Sutton and Kyle. Now, they were never best friends. Fine. But they were friendly. Like now they're just each in the media. Like, I'm done with this one. I'm done with like everybody is truly disposable. That's the job. Yes. Yes. And, um, it's, if you can't be a bitchy eighth grade girl on that show, you're no good to them because <laughs> that's their energy. That's what they bring. Uh, when Sutton whipped out the joint again, she's kind of refreshing, but I get why she needed to take the edge off. Her nerves were shot. She couldn't do it anymore. She was mentally checking out. And I don't blame her. So I hope she enjoyed it because I she'd be the only high person there. Nobody else seemed high. We've all been around people that smoke pot or are high, at least in as a teenager. And what you know is that they let go and they just get kind of loose and they relax. I saw a lot of clenched fists there. <laughs> That's not a byproduct of THC. <laughs> I mean, Erica was pretty chill, though. And I mean, it really was funny when Erica's sitting there and she's like, I'm very sorry, Denise. And she's apologizing. And you're like, she has no clue what she's apologizing for. That <laughs> that was humorous to me. Yeah, I, that was I mean, I and I I get what why she was saying that. But in a way, it's a belittling thing to do. She was trying to put an end to Denise wanting some sincere apology that I think goes deeper. I don't think her wanting an apology had anything to do with Erica. I think the wound is much deeper. She probably likes sincere apologies from a lot of people in her life that hurt her and that weren't there for her. So I do think what the reality show displays is women's pain. And you see that firsthand. And I think people who watch, you know, the viewers that are watching can relate to one more than the other based on what they're going through. And I think that's why with Sutton, I just find it refreshing because when her eyes get like super big and she can't believe Kyle said something to her and she almost looks a little um, uh, Betty Davis, (laughs) for lack of a better way of putting it. Uh, of that she's in a movie scene and it just seems very dramatic, but real. It's very sincere. Like she's really having that reaction. So I just appreciate some sense of realness, whether you like her as a person or not is totally a separate issue. It's that she's at least uh, real with how she's feeling. And I think that's what's sort of refreshing about her. I don't know who said this. I don't know if it was on the show or watch what happens or an after show or something, but someone was like one of these, someone said this, but it was really true. Where like Sutton is like a total gangster and screaming. And then right (laughs) the next minute, she's so Southern lady offended. Like when the eyes get big, she's so offended and she, it, it is authentic. It's not an act, right? She's so offended by what Kyle says or someone says to her. And she's a total thug, like ready to take you out back <laughs> two minutes before somebody said that it was either on the show or in an interview. And I'm like, that is something, but I do think it is authentic. I do like she's fighting the good fight. And then she's like, ah, oh, I am a lady. I think crystal said it. Like I am a lady. Like how, how I'm so offended by this. It's so funny. <laughs> You know, women at that table just need to stop using the word lady. (laughs) 
that's like a gentrified woman, you know, and what our idea of lady is may differ from how they feel about themselves. Um, you know, it's very much how you present yourself. I always laugh with my husband and, and, um, he'll say something like, uh, I love you lady. And I'm like, um, who are you calling a lady? You know, and it's like one of our jokes. So, I mean, lady, sure. And I've seen, I, there's a lot of people in Beverly Hills like that because everyone came from somewhere and they didn't necessarily come from Beverly Hills. And so some of them are sort of, you know, already had those qualities instilled in them. And I like to see it come out, you know, in somebody who can be refined in refined settings and who can be a baller in other settings. So I'm here for it. <laughs> what did you think of? Cause I found Kim very authentic also, like when she was crying and she really was like, you know, I want yeah. you and Kathy to be okay. I mean, granted Kyle was probably like, Oh God, don't bring this on the show. Or maybe Kyle was like, great, bring this up because, you know, Kathy is ratings. The dinner party didn't go as well as they thought. That's why they had a whole second half to that hour. That dinner party should have been two hours of great footage, but we, they just gave us a little bit and it was lackluster. So they had to throw in a whole other storyline. I just wanted to be clear on that. I would agree with that. I mean, in what world are we watching? Now we're watching and no one is blinking an eye that, I mean, I guess because it is Kim Richards that this woman, now look, none of us left home during COVID. The fact that she locked herself away, I'm, I'm a, that's normal. I'd locked myself away. Now we're talking about a woman who is, listen, if you realize later in life, you have a talent and you pick up like an easel and you're drawing and you're actually good at it and you're coloring right. things in with pencils and pens, but she's drawing these animals on the actual wall of her house. I mean, no one, no one, no one thinks this is that just Kim Cookie Richards. Is she the cookie aunt from those, those animals they showed that's on her wall. Unless did, I'm wrong. Did I miss that part? Did I get up and get a drink? She was you drawing animals on the wall. She, when her and Kyle were walking, she said, Kyle was saying like, you stayed home during COVID. And she's right. like, yeah. And that's when I realized my, my, my talent. And, and they showed the pictures and Kyle and Kyle mm-hmm. said, you're Kim, where did all this come from? You're really good. Now these drawings were very, very good. They were like real. I mean, I can't draw a stick, a stick figure, but right. it was like a Fox and a head and a cat. I mean, there was like animal drawings on her the wall of her house, but colored in like green and pink. Yeah. And she said, oh, in Paris, I, I offered Paris that I'll do these for Phoenix. I'm like, I think Paris's son is okay. I don't <laughs> think Paris wants Aunt Kim to come over and get onto the wall and do a mirror. I don't know. I'm not in Paris's head. I'm going to venture to say Paris and Carter do not want Aunt Kim to draw animals on Phoenix's wall. You know, here's the thing. We saw Kim go through destructive phase. Before, if drawing animals on the wall is a constructive way for her to work it out, I'm I'm all for it. Like, go ahead, you know, whether she's good or not, do what you got to do. Her her kids are grown, her right all of are all of her. Yeah, kids? yeah. She still have one at home or neither. I mean, they're grown. I mean, I that she's have kids that are married. Yeah. So if she wants to do that, go for it. It doesn't hurt anybody, so I don't have a problem with that. I did notice, though, did you watch Kyle's face when Kim mentioned that she met Phoenix? Yes. She was so 
pissed <laughs> and hurt. Has she not met her little? I don't know if she, I mean, now, I don't know about now, but that's, well, I mean, Kyle even did that confessional where she said, you know, that's what hurts. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, Paris Hilton will always have her mother's back. Always. Right. That's very clear. If she wasn't clear about that. Right. But it also showed that Kim is closer. Oh, yeah. them, And I think Kyle may have thought that made her look bad as well as an afterthought. Um, because she couldn't say, oh, I know, isn't he so cute? Like, you know, I went over there and had lunch with him and he crawled or whatever, but she didn't have anything to contribute to that part of the storyline because it maybe wasn't written for her. Um, and Kim just shared it. The train is, is continuing without Kyle Richards. Yes. I mean, Kim Mm -hmm. is, I I don't know about now, but I'm not so sure that cat cat Kyle has met phoenix or i mean now paris has two children london we have london and phoenix i'm not sure i'm really not sure but i yeah. mean yeah it just i thought it was one of the only moments in the episode that kyle had a real reaction on her face and then she put her glasses on which is something people do who are hiding how they feel it's it's a it's a response to protecting yourself so i don't I'd, like the sunglasses i i don't like yeah. it either yeah, I mean, it was just, it was odd. Um, but, you know, the show works for her. She's a walking billboard for um, anything with a label. And Sutton goes on and she wears that. It drives me nuts. I don't know if any of your listeners feel the same way, but that baby blue ball gown with the big uh, white. Um, Confessional look. No. Well, yeah, it looks very Southern. The Magnolias, you know, very Southern on that dress she wears in the confessional. And it's sort of, it's it's almost hilarious because I think if her personality was a dress, it might be that, you know? But again, she's not sitting there with the Gucci all over her. And even if she's wearing designer, it doesn't have like a big V for Versace. I just... I appreciate that about Sutton, that she's comfortable with her money and in her own skin to not have to be, you know, projecting it to the universe that she has it and that she could afford that. I know at her house, she's a little extra and a little over the top. That's why she's on the show. But I find that people that over um, advertise labels are the people that are the most insecure about their upbringing or what they didn't have. I I would agree with that. As they say, money talks and wealth whispers. (laughs) One of my favorites, but it's true. People that really have it don't talk about. I also, you know, that for the confessional looks that you, you just can't choose what you want. That's all you have to get it approved by same thing with the reunion, but confessionals too. You can't even the hair, the styling, it all has to be approved of what they're going to like. So every confessional is like Bravo approved. I even believe that production steps in and, you know, like Dorit's in the Chanel hand, you know, like Sutton's mm-hmm. is purposely no label. Like they, they're involved in the whole thing. Yep. Right. Yeah. No, so that's it's not, really, it's really not reality television. I, I believe it's why the episode I was on was um, so iconic from what I hear. I mean, that's what other people say that people remember that episode because it was a, it was season one 
and they had a real person on that had a real reaction to being treated badly. And you don't see that anymore because people will sell their soul for money. And it's just amazing in 13 years how far we've fallen as people. It's a, it's incredible. So everybody wants to be on just to be able to be relevant. People will do anything to be relevant. And it's it's kind of hard to see. I don't know how women and men watch the Housewives franchise. It stressed me out just feeling the tension between the conflicts in the people on the show. I don't know about anybody out there, but I I just it makes me feel tense. It was either boring or stressful. So it's like switching gears between boring and stressful. I could I can't do that to mentally check out. Like that doesn't work for me. I think most people on the show, look, I think they love the fame. They love the money when it comes. But I think most, not everyone, I think some people, a very small percentage are great at the job. But mm-hmm. I think most people don't love it. You know, when you're getting dragged on social media and the next minute you wake up and your phone is dinging and you're like, oh, they exposed yeah. my DUI from 10 years ago. Oh, they exposed the fact <sighs> that my husband, you know, was caught in the back with like his pants down with a woman. Like it all comes out. So I don't <laughs> think most people enjoy it when they're on it. I really don't. Like, I mean, I know but a the, lot of these people the, and they, the, they don't. I, I don't think they do either. They, again, they sold their soul. There's a payoff. There's but a payoff. The, viewers, the people that watch it. I think it must be because there's no real, I mean, soap operas still exist, but everybody used to watch one of three or four soaps and it was like the water cooler talk and you can talk about it and compare notes. And it was a way of connecting with other people. So I think maybe that show, because it's the new soap operas, (laughs) um, makes people feel connected in a, in a way through watching it because they can talk about it. Oh my God. Did you see what happened? Oh my God. Kyle's such a bitch. Okay. Nothing new, but let's talk about it. And and so I think that's must be why people watch because I just found it very, very stressful. Um, and the ones that I thought were the best characters on the shows, even from other branches, Bethany was interesting. Um, Nini, I know I loved Nini. I just I thought she showed real emotion and I thought. Um, she's talented. I know she went into acting at one point. She was on a show like she actually Glee. has talent. Yeah. Um, and so there's some that are that sort of stand out as I could watch maybe an episode if they were in it. You know, when I think of the Housewives of Beverly Hills, there's not really one character on that show that is worth tuning in for for me i think a lot of people felt that with Van- when vanderpump left that it sort of took some of the magic away from the mix and they're trying to find a new blend that works and you know you can't beat the original <laughs> that's what i've always been told by people in hollywood because medium came out and then there were all these other shows that were sort of the same genre and i had a, a very famous actress tell me she said it's always the original that hits you know that's that's big the others are just they fall by the wayside she wasn't wrong so maybe if they go back to the original cast it would be more interesting and stop trying to constantly change it up so they can pay people less 
I don't know who any of the young women on that show were. I have no idea. And I don't like Crystal Kong. You don't know. And I have no idea who she is. And I don't know how she'd even be relevant to my life. You know, <laughs> just they're just people. So, um, no, I don't know who she is. There were at least five people at the dinner table. I didn't I didn't know who they were. So, um, again, I thought it was a fail. If you're if you're looking for a pass or a fail grade on the dinner party from hell being rebooted, if you will, fail I thought it was you. a fail. I I yeah. Nope. And personally, I found these two dinner party episodes so far the absolute highlights of the entire season. Like I found the other episodes way more boring. I I agree with that. I mean, I agree with that, but that's a very low bar to set. <laughs> And mind you, that probably is, if I really strip it down, if yeah. because of Denise, like I found the whole, which is sad that I'm really capitalizing on someone's misfortune, but like, even right. like, yes, the whole, and Denise is like, don't do this. And Doree is like, no, darling. Like, I, I understand. Like, Denise is like, don't do this. Cause like, I don't, I mean, yes, at that point, Denise, I think you're maybe not self-aware that they already have the footage they need, but right. I think in her mind, she didn't realize that she was so far gone. And she was saying to Doree, like, don't make it like I have my clothes on upside down because I know what you're doing. That's how I took it. And Dorit's like, because if darling. she hadn't, if she hadn't pointed it out, was anybody really paying attention? There no. was so much going on. I wasn't really honestly paying attention. And I, I didn't really notice until she pointed it out. So she sort of did her dirty. You know, if somebody is a real friend and you see a friend struggling and doing something like that, Something where it's not like their skirt tucked into the back of their pantyhose or something where like you have to tell them you've got to point it out so they don't walk out the door like that. It was her coat. It looked a little twisted. It was it, it was a shrug. It wasn't that big of a deal, um, but she pointed it out. So you can see that Dorit is trying to do her job on the show. They're all sort of, you know, pit bulls sent in there to bring back the red meat. And she found a way in for herself there. And the more that you connect with other people on the show, especially for an episode that was so highly promoted, the more screen time you get. And so they're fighting for screen time. And I felt bad for Denise. She was probably saying, you know, without being articulate enough to do it in the moment, if there's any humanity in you, please don't do this right now. You know, I'm not feeling good. I'm not okay. Um, but they're going to point it out every time because that's what they get paid for. That's what they get paid for. I just want to, like, as we wrap up, I just want to know, not even like shade. I really just want to know how Denise feels like, I mean, eventually she's going to do some interview, whether it's a year from now, three months from now, this will come up. I just want to know like how she feels about this. I'm, I'm actually, I'm worried about her dying more than anything. Really? I'm worried about more of a Matthew Perry situation or she, I mean, somebody needs to help her. And normally people will watch this show and they'll root for the underdog because we're, you know, we love a good comeback story. You know, people can forgive a lot. Um, and Denise is clearly struggling there. And I will say this in Beverly Hills, if you are considered tainted, you, you can get blackballed very quickly. And by that, I just mean if everybody's abandoned you, 
because you can no longer serve their purpose. You can, you can't benefit them in any way you're alone. So, and they'll shut you out because they're not real friends. So I feel bad for her. I hope somebody helps her because she's clearly a bit of a, she's in a lot of pain and it's like watching a train wreck and watching her. She didn't look like she was on just alcohol either. She sort of seemed like there was something more going on with her. So, um, because I think all of us that are adults and that have had children, which will drive you to drink, um, have had a few, you know, too many on a, any given night. And with me and my friends, it'll be like a, sorry, I was a little marinated last night, you know, like all's forgiven because we're all friends. But when you get to the place where, where she's at, it it's like, is there Xanax mixed in? Is there something else? And so I'm sort of worried about her mixing alcohol with drugs because a lot of the people that I bring through are people that were on medication to help them through uh, bipolar, anxiety, depression, anything under that umbrella. And they think because they've drank before and they've taken the medication before that they can handle it. And it ends up killing them because alcohol mixed with that drug will kill you. And they just don't seem to get that message out to people or realize it. So I'm, I'm actually worried about her. It'd be great if somebody could check on her and make sure she's not doing that and help her into some sort of a, a program so that she can get back to where she was. We'd love to see a good comeback story for Denise. Talented Denise. And for anybody watching or listening to you that hasn't seen her in movies, she was on the big screen, you know, back in the day. And people yeah. love you when you're a star. And then when you fall, everybody abandons you. And I think that's terrible. So, I mean, if she ever needed anyone to talk to, I would definitely take that call from her. Um, I'm so, I'm sort of tempted to get my friend, Dr. Jen to reach out to her because it just seems like such a cry for help. And why, when they've had Dr. Jen on all these episodes and she's been constantly mentioned as, oh, she's my therapist too, is somebody with decency not saying, let's get Dr. Jen on there. Let's bring Denise back on. Let's, let's help her heal. I mean, even if they film it, at least they're getting her help, you know? And you're really worried about her dying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I see it too often. Life is so fragile. People play Russian roulette, not realizing they're playing Russian roulette with their life. They mix Xanax and alcohol and that can kill you. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about her. Well, maybe after this comes out, somebody will contact Dr. Jen or Denise will contact you since you will take that call. That would be Great. I mean, since Dr. Jen's already helping Sutton. Erica. Yeah, she said Sutton, Sutton and Erica. And Erica. Just bring her on the damn show. All those women need help. For Christ's sake, those women are wounded, wounded, wounded. They need Dr. Jen to sit at the table, but all she would do would teach them wisdom, the right thing to do. And people would think that's boring, but I find her a fascinating person. So I would watch her. <laughs> Me too. Well, thank you for doing this again and watching an episode that you found boring. Thank you for muddling on through. I'm sure these listeners are thrilled that you did. So, you know, 
Well, happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you have a happy holiday and I will see you in the new year, my friend. I will see you in the new year. And you know, I'm coming in January, February or March. One of those, we're going to make it happen. Well, rendezvous. It's it's a, it's a date. It's going to be fun. Bye. (laughs) Bye, David. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.